of all, thank you for the unbelievable generosity, um, constant donation and constant support, specifically for, for Daniel, for your account, Daniel Mitzvah and Hashem to give him a refuge lema, and the merit of his classes, and the merit of Das, and the merit of all this mercy, and then we only have good news. Amen. So today we have a phenomenal class, obviously the, the secular year of 2021 is coming. So I, I'm thinking, everybody's always asking me, okay, how do we build vessels? We always, this is a very common question. How do I build my vessel? How do I build my vessel? It's a common question that I'm constantly getting. So I said, I'm going to take all the sources in the Kutim Aran, I'm going to take all the sources in, all, in a lot of the Hasidic teachings that talk about building a vessel. And I'm going to give you guys 10 to 12 ways in order to build a vessel, what's causing the vessel to build, and what's causing the vessel not, not to receive. Remember, the premise of this class is there's always abundant light, it's just we don't have the vessel to receive it. Shalom Bayit is always there, because if people don't have a vessel how to communicate, there's no Shalom Bayit. So it's not never, it's never, never, never God. It's always we have to have the concept that if I build it, the shepherd will come. That is the premise. That means there's no, there's no concept of a person having use, there's no concept of a person having despair. That doesn't exist. Just build the vessel. So all your Creator wants you to do is build the vessel. When you build the vessel, He showers you with blessing. I hate to make it so simple, but that's pretty much it. That is the concept. There's ways to build vessels, and there's ways that really, really shorten your vessels. Rav Nachman says something very, very deep in Lesson 65, and he says that if a person does not create a vessel, and he would get divine abundance, what would happen? If he couldn't contain it, it would actually be bad for him. Remember that concept. All of a sudden, if you receive something without earning it, or without creating a vessel, ultimately that thing will be actually bad for you. Because what happens is, you don't know how to handle that light. For example, give a guy, give a guy who doesn't know how to, give, a, give, a, give somebody who's, who doesn't have a vessel. For example, let's say a guy has a, a business plan to, move, to build a movie theater right now. And you give him money to build a movie theater right now, you, it's actually cruelty. Because you know, hey, hello, this is what movie theater is. You know, for there's no vessel in order to receive the money. He would open up a company, it would fail, and ultimately it would be cruelty to give a person mercy when he doesn't have the vessel. Very, very important concept. So it always teaches us, God created the world, so it always teaches us that you have to create the lower arousal for the upper arousal to come. And it's never that the light is not there, Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 172, the light is always there, it's just the problem is it's a lack of vessel. It could be a subconscious fear, it could be a control issue, it could be a lack of trust. There's tons of things that can actually increase it or the opposite. So we're going to get to these points, and so at least you have a mindset of what's working and what's not working. Sometimes I think the problem is, the, is looking at it with, with all our emotions. If you just look at it, okay, this expands vessels, this doesn't. Take your emotions out of the picture and just look at the, the, the das itself. Number one, the number one, number one thing is your belief system. Your belief system in Judaism is huge. Huge. The greatest number one way to attract vessels is through something called trust. Trusting in your Creator. 
When you trust in your Creator, Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 76, you create a, a, a light. Basically, to the extent that you look up at heaven, heaven looks down at you. Pretty much. The more you trust, that is a magnet for what you want. Fear is a magnet for what you don't want. So the opposite of trust is what? Fear. So, number one, before we even talk about any of these other things, if your belief system is based on fear, control, you're not allowing your creator in. So what happens is, if you don't trust, how could you have a vessel? And this is exactly what Rabbi Nachman says in Lesson 76. He says it black and white. He says, when a person, everybody's eyes look up to you with hope, and you give them sustenance at the right time. We say this, this prayer every single day. We say this every single day, three times a day. We're always saying, once I look up, then I can receive. So the aspect of looking and receiving is very, very connected. You cannot receive if you don't look up. So think about the, the Jewish law of attraction is based on the concept called bitahon. Bitahon means trust. Trust is walking around without any worries. Trust is walking around without any control issues. Trust is walking around without having anger. This is how you know you trust. You trust you're all in. It's not a question about when and when it's going to happen. You know it's going to happen. Where the opposite is fear. Fear does the opposite. Fear leads to fear leads to control. Control leads to anger. Anger leads to depression, etc. That's the formula. So you have two options. You trust. Even the dollar bill says, in God we trust. Look at, look at the dollar bill, read it. In God we trust. doesn't even say Munah. It says, in God we trust. The bill, the money, the sign of God telling you, look at the dollar bill, in God we trust, is, the sign, is, is a secret to making money. <laughs> right there, in your face. You'll be surprised how many things are in your face that you don't see. This is what our sages say. A vessel, bounty comes directly when you need it. How do you attract that bounty? Because remember, bounty comes, it could come to you two years from now. So if you want to attract the money to come to you exactly when you need it, you have to focus on trust. And trust is something you do. It's not a belief. It's an action. So you can't say, I have trust and have no action pertaining to that. You can't say, I have trust in you, God, but I'm not opening up a business. You can't say, you have trust in God, but I'm not getting married. Do you understand? The, the, the concept of procrastination and fear and control and worry is showing you that you don't have that trust. So you could see studies showing that if you just sit with yourself for 20 minutes without doing anything, you're going to see all these emotions come to you. And you see the dominant emotions that are running your life. Some people don't even think, don't even realize how much they're worried. They don't realize how much, they have, how much control they have in life, how much they want to control things. Sit down by yourself for 30 minutes and just hear... Watch all the emotions coming to you, and you will see what the default emotion is. So that's the number one. Number one is trust. The opposite of destroying the vessel is fear and control. Because that leads to anger. And anger is the number one way to lose money. Sort of save yourself. So you have to ask yourself, how much am I trusting? And how much am I controlling? I'm sure we've all been in relationships with the controlling people, correct? And it's the worst thing ever, correct? You have no space, you can't live, everything's, where are you, what time are you coming home, what, what, what are you doing, who's in the background, I heard something. <laughs> you can't, you can't live like this. 
with us. Same thing. When you have a relationship with your Creator, something happens, you start worrying, you start trying to control it. The same thing. Imagine how annoying it is to be controlled by somebody. The same thing when you're trying to control things in heaven. Heaven gets annoyed. You disconnect your pipeline. And this is exactly what the Rabbanus says, that when God commanded the Jews and told them, listen, I need you to work for six years and take three years off. The people freaked out. What did they say? I'm sorry, take the seventh year. The people freaked out. They said, what will we eat? How do I know it's going to work out? What will we eat? He's telling you, do this. What do, what do we say? What are we going to eat? How do we know it's going to work out? What, what happened when they said that, it created a spiritual blemish above, and that disconnected the pipeline. So what happens is when you disconnect your own pipeline, now Hashem has to reconnect it for you, but it's now in the form of a burden. You understand? The form of a burden. So either you're connecting or disconnecting, seven. That has to be the number one thing on your mind. I don't care who's the president, I don't care what virus is out there, your job is to focus, to stay focused and trust. The rest of it, it's all noise. Fauci, this one, the Aries, all a bunch of noise. You have to build, you want to build the vessel? You focus only on trust. When you get to that point, you know what happens? The noise doesn't bother you. News reports don't bother you. Fauci comes out with, Hakam Fauci comes out with, it's going to be worse than ever, doesn't bother you. You're, you're, above, you're above logic, you're above that. But if you don't have that trust, and you're tracking down these people, you're, you're, you're not going to leave your bed. Just trying to explain to you. That's, that's what Hashem wants. He doesn't care what you're going through, He wants you to trust. That is how you connect the pipeline. The opposite is how you disconnect the pipeline. And remember, there's always shalom by problems. It begins what? It's a money problem, a lack of a luna. What happens? You walk around with fear. Next thing you know, you take it out on your spouse. Now you got a money problem. You now you have a shalom by problem. And then the rest is history. Then you're sleeping in the garage. So you can see the benefits of trust. That means you have to be all in. It's not 50%, it's all in. This is something that you actually have to pray for. You have to ask God to be able to trust Him. And remember, what is the one thing that your Creator is looking for you? Loyalty. He's interested in your loyalty. Just like you're, you have an employee. What are you interested in your employee? You want loyalty. You want loyalty out of them. What happens if things go bad? What happens if the business shortens? Who, who, who's showing up? Exactly what, what your Creator is testing you every single day on this issue. If you have this issue, you already fixed half of the other issues. Because once you have trust, it leads you to what? To action, it leads you to prayer, it leads you to everything else. But when you have the opposite, that's where all the negative emotions of, of control, fear, anxieties, worries, uh, procrastination, paranoia, all of this stuff is under the umbrella of lack of trust, fear, etc. You either have love or fear, and under the fear emotion is a, is a laundry list of anxieties, etc., etc., etc. And when people say, how do you know it's going to work out? That's not my business. <laughs> that is not my business. I'm focusing on my belief. My Creator will do the rest. But I know exactly what's going to help me attract and what's going to help me not attract. This is the number one thing you need to look at. Have the kavana. Every time you look at a dollar, trust in God. Number two. Number two is a very, very beautiful concept. 
taking another great book from the, the Spartavid Bridgeshel, and he says there's there's this, Rav Nachman also remembers this, what's the second thing that a person can get the edge and build the vessel? Believe it or not, there's something called Homer Devar, 13 Attributes of Mercy. This says, the, 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 the Rebbe success, that people do good deeds, there's no question, but there's one thing that you, you could do that really is like an over, you're, you're basically living in a different life. And he says that there's the greatest thing is the person connected to 13 attributes of mercy. What is the 13 attributes of mercy? The 13 attributes of mercy is that when God came and the Jews forgave, when the Jews got forgiven, they said, connect to the 13 attributes of mercy and you will be forgiven. This, we say this every single day in our prayers. El Rahum Bechadun What the 13 attributes of mercy are earth is basically the same way you want to be treated, you, you treat others, is exactly the same way heaven will treat you. Basically, you forgive others, heaven will treat you. If you're an easygoing person in heaven, they don't look at you so, so carefully. But if you're very strict down here, what are they doing upstairs? You're like the guy that gets us the four tickets on the highway. No ticket, no lights, this, that. But the other guy says, you know what, I'm going to let you go. Why? Because you let things go. So the second thing to attract vessels, to attract Shefa, you don't have to be the most religious person in the world, but you have to be the most spiritual person in the world. And the way you do that is by literally looking at people and giving them mercy even if they hurt you, even if they offend you. If you're easily forgiven, what happens in heaven, they easily forgive you. And what happens, this opens up major pipelines. This is exactly what he's saying here. That there's one key, the Revelation success, that opens up heaven's gates greater than any other thing you could do. And that is called the total divorce of the 13 attributes of mercy. That means when people insult you, when people do wrong to you, the way you do it is basically you say, because I'm going to forgive this person, heaven's going to forgive me. Basically, you're matching the insult with a credit from heaven. So you basically become a co-creator. If you want to look at more into this concept, you can look in the Torah of Devorah. That it talks about the 13 attributes of mercy and how you can live in that lifestyle that... See, if you're smart, you realize that when you hold a grudge for somebody, you know what's happening? You're actually creating a grudge upstairs to be helped. What you want to do is you want to have a very easy flow. You want, to, you want everything to flow easy in life. You don't want things to get stuck. Correct? So you also have to make sure that your heart doesn't get stuck on people, on insults, on things like that. Because ultimately, who's your role model? Your role model is your creator. Who's my role model? Who's, who's going to be my role model today? If you have any. But who's your role model? Your creator. And your creator, our creator gave us 13 attributes that he uses to deal with us. And the way we can connect to that energy and open up heaven's gates is through the same energy below. That means smart people forgive easy. When you're holding a grudge or you're holding anger, resentment, what you're really doing is it's blocking your own chef up from above. Forget what that person's doing to you. Imagine the opportunities that you're missing out upon. So that's why I always tell people, listen, first thing, you need mercy. So right away, how, how do I get mercy? Right away, you got to give mercy to others. And that's by the 13 meters. Where Nachman says exactly the same thing. If you want to be above the stars, have a life that's something beyond trans of mercy, 
you have to be the most forgiving. Obviously, you have to have boundaries, but you can't have, you can't radiate in that kind of abundance of shefa and abundance of life and spiritual life if you're holding on to resentment with other people. It doesn't, it doesn't match. You can't ask heaven for mercy if somebody says, forgive me, and you say no. You can't do that. It doesn't match. Understand? You want one at 1.5, but you're radiating on 32.2. It's not matching the, 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 the vibe. So the way I do it is I look at the person, I look at it as an opportunity for myself to be forgiven. When I look at that opportunity, what happens? We both win. I forgive, I let go, and then Hashem lets go for me. So this is, the, it's, the, it's not the easiest way, but it's the best way to get divine mercy. When we speak about divine mercy, we're talking about mercy, where Nachman refers it to the level of Ketan. The level of Keter represents the crown. It's the mercyest of the mercyest of the mercyest. It opens up all the vessels in heaven. It clears negative energy. It gives you things you never had before. That is giving people mercy and forgiving easy and not holding the grudge. There's times. You have to think about 2020, how many things I'm holding, how many people I'm not forgiving, and then you got to look at some things are being stuck in heaven. We, we hold on to things in heaven. And we have to let it go. You let it go, the flow comes above. It's very simple. You let it go below, they let it go above, and the shepherd comes down. The shepherd is always coming down, blessings are always coming down, but there's, a, there's stoppages. The stoppages are made by us. We create the stoppages. By our emotions, etc. So the way to become superhuman is by mimicking your creator. I've done many classes on this concept, but you could take the, the lessons from Rav Nachman and both Rav Levi, it's a, Radisha says exactly the same thing. There's special keys that you have. And you have some guy has a master key. He opens up all the doors in the, in the hotel. One guy has a room to his door. But there's a guy, one guy has a master key. He goes into every door and he opens up. This is the best way to do it. Tormer Devor. Strongly recommended. It's tremendous, tremendous to load on that one. Because remember, you can't be... You can't, that's the problem, is you can't be religious and have, I study this, and now you know, I got anger to this guy, I don't talk to that guy, I hate that, what are you, what are you talking about? I mean, it's, you're missing the whole purpose. What are, what are you here for? You're here to mimic your creator. You're here to be godlike. You're here to be a co-creator. So you're not really, the, the actions, the actions and what you're studying doesn't match. So that's why the person gets such a, such a unfortunate, the person makes a hill of Hashem, the person does the penalty so much because he knows better. He knows better. And that's the th something that the reason why we can't forgive people easily is because the ego's job is to block perspective. That's the job of the ego. Our egos, which is the Yetzirah, we speak about the ego, where it's, it's a fancy word for the Yetzirah. The Yetzirah doesn't let you do things easy. His job it really blocks perspective. So I've always said this line if you want something you never had before, you have to do something you never did before. Even Trump, look, 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 look what Trump made, maybe some Moroccans, Moroccans. <laughs> you can see, you can see the, the value to it. Number three, there's a concept called Mahut. Mahut represents the Kabbalah of the last sphere. How do I draw Mahut in my life? How do I connect to the level of Mahut? Mahut represents kingship, Mahut represents responsibility. Mahut represents approaching things 
Lack of malchut represents what? Avoiding things. One of the best ways to, 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 to enhance your vessels, your spiritual vessels, is, Rabbi Nachman says, to take responsibility. How do you do this? Number one, if you're not married, it's time to get married. <laughs> Rabbi Nachman says that when a person gets married and he decides to take responsibility, what happens? He gets this concept of mahut. The more responsibility you take on in your life, the more shefa you get in your life. You understand how that works? Your mahut is your vessel. The more I take responsibility, the more openings, the more blessings I have. The more I avoid responsibility, what happens? The less shefa I have. Why? Because there's no mahut. Mahut is actually the vessel that attracts. So this is what Ramakin says here. Therefore, when a husband girds himself to take responsibility for his wife and obligates himself and provides for her, what happens? As he says, I will cherish you, honor you, support you. He is granted a measure of authority and that authority is what enables you to draw bounty. So you can ask yourself in your life, when you take responsibility, you're going to have blessings. When you avoid responsibility, what happens? There's no vessel, there's no, there's no caleb. So think about it in our lives. That's why one of the best ways to, to take responsibility is by praying his bodhidut. His bodhidut is a, is a prayer where I talk to God. I am taking accountability for my actions. I'm approaching my Creator versus I don't want to deal with this headache, I don't want to deal with the stress, I'm checked out. So the more you speak to God, you're going to see many sources, you start taking responsibility. Just like you want the CEO's salary, you got to become the CEO. You have to take responsibility. That, in Kabbalah, you refer to the level as machut. There's no responsibility, there's no blessing. So think about how much fear is costing you. Fear doesn't allow you to take responsibility. Fear does not allow you to take responsibility, so you can't draw that vessel from the machut. The machut needs kingship. And to the extent that you take more responsibility, that's why I think some people are afraid to have more kids. Every kid is a new blessing. People sometimes say, I don't want to have more kids, I can't afford it. Who says you're the one providing for you? It's God's providing because you took more responsibility. So He provides for you more. That's why one of the most important things is to be careful to run away from responsibility. When you're running away from responsibility or avoiding life, not only are you not attracting, but you're you're not growing, and that's going to bring you wake-up calls. All the wake-up calls in our lives come when we're not taking responsibility. Because ultimately, the whole job of the, of the soul is to grow, to become the best version of you. And remember, our Creator is in pain when He cannot provide for a person. Just like a Creator is in pain, just like a mother would be in pain if the baby cannot feed from her, from her, from her she can't nurse. It's the same way. So we have to take responsibility. And think about areas in your life where you're not taking responsibility, you're going to get that wake-up call in life. Believe me. Because ultimately, your Creator wants to give you. And if you don't do it the nice way, it's going to become a different way. And this is specifically for, for men. Men have to take responsibility. It's very important when you're married. You have to give your wife light. To the extent that you give her light, she gives it right back to you. But if there's no light, what happens? What are you going to get? No light. That's what people have sadness. Job, man of the job, husband's job, 
This is not uh, Oprah Winfrey. This is, you know, this is Rab Nachman. I'm just telling you. Rab Nachman's telling you when you take this this is why you say the Ketubah. I will honor you, I will cherish you, I will provide for you. Why is he saying that? Because he has to say that in order to look the blessings that he's going to get. It's a very important concept. Think about areas in your life. If you're struggling financially, if you're struggling in other areas, there definitely has to be, a, there's definitely a situation of a lack of taking responsibility. And that's why something is not working. And you have to always assume that heaven, people always tell me, well, it's not meant to be from heaven. <laughs> it doesn't work like that. Before you do that, make sure you get every box, you check every single box. Many people, they say, well, it's not meant to be. A guy that works out for 20 minutes, he doesn't lose weight. It's not meant to be. You work out for 20 minutes. What do, you, what, do you, what do you expect for 20 minutes? It's easy to just come up with an excuse. It's not meant to be. How many times do we hear it's not meant to be? That's laziness. That's not taking responsibility. Again, anytime you come up with an, with an excuse, not taking responsibility. Anytime you make an adjustment, you're taking responsibility. And that's exactly what God wants from a person. He's not interested in your intelligence. He's interested in your heart. And He's interested in your intention. What is your intention behind something? Focus more on the intention than the intelligence. What's your intention behind it? You could be struggling at something, but as long as I'm sitting there doing whatever I can to try to speak to my Creator about that issue, to learn about that issue, you will be blessed because you, were, you, took, you took action. But when you say, no, nah, it's not for me, leave me alone, you don't, you're, you're not, you don't arouse that, the level of malchut. It's very, very important. This concept is it's a huge concept. So, time to make decisions. That's taking responsibility. Even if you're 100% sure, you're not 100% sure, the fact that you're taking a decision itself, it's showing your creator, I'm making a decision. So, number one, I can't, I can't express that to you. And many people, they always going to ask me, I don't understand what's going on here. And this is not working, this is not working, this is not working. Across the line, what happens? He's avoiding this issue, he's avoiding that issue, he's avoiding that issue. What do, you, what do you want? How do you expect the Yeshua if you're avoiding every single issue that comes to you? The Creator wants you to approach Him, not avoid Him. Remember, approachment, Shefa, avoiding, Dinim. Dinim, very, very important concept. Number four, wisdom over motivation. Very, very important, this concept of wisdom versus motivation. Rabbi Nachman was more focused on a person having wisdom, building his wisdom instead of how, how, how do you feel? One time, somebody came to Rabbi Nathan and told him, hey, Rabbi, I had a bad dream. He's like, okay, well, what are you doing now? I, I don't care about your dreams. I care what you're doing now. So sometimes we get stuck in this constant overthinking things. What we need to do is we need to construct our wisdom. You need to take with your wisdom, take your thoughts, and do not allow your mind, your mood to be your mind. Very, very important. This year, or whatever year you're going to go, any time that my mood becomes my mind, I can't, I can't draw anything. Why? Because I'm thinking with my heart over my mind. This is one of the basic rules in Chassidut. Mind over heart. For example, you get angry easily. You should say, why am I taking it so personal with that? Why am I taking it so, just a, it's a, it's a reaction? 
This teaches you, this is why the Jews got punished with the spies at the time. Why did they get punished? Because they had low self-esteem, and what did they say? We're, gra we're like grasshoppers in their eyes. This is, came from low self-esteem, came from an emotional reaction, instead of thinking, what are you talking about, like grasshoppers? You're about to go to the promised land, and you're talking like a grasshopper. So you have to recognize that a lot of times we're making a lot of decisions based on our mood. Mind over mood. That means 95% studies are showing, 95% of decisions are based on how you feel at that moment. That is not too good. Because the job of the ego, the job of the Yitzhahara, is not to let you grow. So he's going to keep you always in comfort. So it's very important that this year, we have to start focusing on building wisdom instead of how do you feel. And we said this a thousand times, I can't stress this enough to people. The feeling comes afterwards, it doesn't come before. Remember this concept, the feeling should not come before. That means once you do something, you feel better. But if you're relying on the feeling to do, we got a problem. It's like waking up, well, how's the weather? <laughs> My, the weather dictates what I do today. What would you tell a person? We go to work, I have to check the weather. So we have to get in this mode of mind over mood. We have to recognize that we get rewarded once we go against how we feel like. Resistance is a sign in heaven that's exactly what you need to be doing. And if resistance is keeping you into what? The procrastination? You gotta do the exact opposite. That's the Yetzirah. Rabbi Nachman says it's okay to get the negative thoughts. He's not blaming you for getting the negative thoughts. They have to come to you. You get the reward for overcoming them. That's the whole thing. People get so, they take these negative thoughts personal. You're gonna get them. Everybody gets negative thoughts. Your reward is to overcome them. And how do you overcome them? You do what you don't want to do. Then you're free. Then you're free. Freedom is to be able to do, and then I feel better afterwards. You want to go work out? I don't feel like it. But once it goes worked out, it feels better afterwards. The feeling always comes afterwards, not before. So this year we have to take a little bit of a grip. How many times do we want to, a person starts reading Tikkun Akali? I don't feel like reading. So pick up your phone for three hours, no problem. How come you can pick up your phone for three hours, tour the whole stadium, the whole, the whole social media, every single channel, but you can't read a Tikkun Akali for ten minutes? How come it's so hard? It's more so exciting hard? when it's on the phone. But why is it so hard? Because things that are good have resistance. Things that are not, things that, that are okay. Entertainment doesn't need resistance. Nobody hesitates watching Netflix. I never saw a guy paralyzed turning on the TV. I never saw a guy paralyzed eating an ice cream. I don't know if I should eat it. It's already in his mouth and stomach before he even thought about it. But we have to recognize resistance is a sign that we need to do exactly that. How do you know? It's exactly it's what you, you don't want to do, it's what you need to do. This is how Hashem tells us. Resistance is a sign of what we need to be doing. So if our, if our decisions are based too much on our mood, we're going to be in a very, we're not going to show progress. And what happens when we don't show progress in life? What do you think goes next? Self-esteem. Self-esteem. And then, 
the rest is history. The way you beat it is show progress by overcoming your nature to constantly be impulsive. It's the bottom line. So you could be waking up in the morning to be the biggest obstacle person has. The battle between the alarm clock and the bed. That's the first win, right? The first win is your bedroom, is the pillow. That's your first enemy. But you have to recognize, once you start doing something, you become, that becomes the new you. And that's why we can't, imagine a guy, he, he, he takes everything personal, and he's very moody all the time. Okay, I want a shidduch, I want a zibuk. Please get me married, God. Are you kidding? You're taking everything personal before marriage. What do you get married? What is going to happen then? Things are going to go away? It's a hundred times worse. So Hashem is doing it for a reason. He points out your faults in our life so we can fix them. That's the bottom line. Never take something that's wrong, that you have imperfection in, never take it personal, this is what you need to fix. It's about fixing, not, not despairing. You're going to fix this? No problem, we're going to work on this. Tomorrow you're going to have to work on that. But the number one thing is do not let your mood determine your life. I can't stress that enough. I can't stress that enough because every time you come to a new level, what's going to happen is going to be a new hesitation and a new Yetzirah. See how hard it is to forgive somebody. I just told you that the 12 of war opens up all the gates in heaven. Go forgive that person who, who you haven't spoken to for five years. See how hard it's going to go. See how hard it's going to be almost impossible for you to do. Because why? There's a tremendous amount of bounty on the other side. Anytime there's resistance, there's blessing. If there's no resistance, it's too easy. It's too easy. The resistance is what's built the best. So that's that's that. Six. But this is I sort of went into, into five and six, where, where, where the struggle is the vessel. When I struggle with something, I actually create the vessel. When I go against my struggles, I go against. I, I, this is how I do it. And you guys can start this very simple. Pick one thing, but do it. This is how you release really dopamine. You say one thing, you do it. Tomorrow you say another thing, you do it. And here comes self-control. Here comes momentum. Here comes flow. The rest is history. But when I don't have self-control in any area of my life, my first thing that's going to go is my self-esteem, and everything else goes after self-esteem. Lack of self-esteem, everything else goes down the toilet. That's the rule. And the way we do it is through discipline, by doing not how you feel, but what you need to do. And I can't stress that enough. We're not going to say in Lesson 34, that prayer, the Pasuk says, I am, the, I am God, your Lord, who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Open up your mouth wide, and I will fill it. Look at the, here in the Pasuk. Open up your mouth. Not overthink a thousand times. Open up your mouth wide. In order for you to get blessing, there has to be, the mouth has to be open. It can't be closed. Mm. Open. Everything has to go through thought, speech, and action. You have to open up your mouth and speak. Just thinking is not enough because you have to go through thought, word, and action. Rabbi Nachman says here that I am, I am God, your Lord, who brought you from the land of Egypt. Prior to giving the Torah, everything was I. I was doing everything. I was creating the arousal. I was providing all the blessings. 
But after the Torah, your job now is to build the vessel. And this is what he's saying here. Open up your mouth wide and I will fill it. This is the aspect of what we're not going to refer to the concept of malupal. Malupal refers to a valve in Hebrew. In other words, the influx of bounty is according to the, the, the amount of speech a person says. The more you speak, the more you desire it, the more the vessel is made. It's a different person that a guy, he has a Shalom Bayad issue, and every single day he wakes up 20 minutes earlier and he talks to his creator about that Shalom Bayad issue. Do you think that guy's going to get results? Thousand percent! Thousand percent he's going to get results. Because what did he do? He created a vessel to that marriage. But the other guy, I need to see a therapist, this is my wife's fault, it's this fault, that fault, that fault. What do you think he's going to get? Nothing more for bills, aggravation, etc. You have to open up your mouth and tell This is exactly what the difference between the Nachman's teaching. He, he wants you to express the words. Because when you express something and you desire something, you know what happens? You create a vessel for it. The more you want something, the more you, you desire something, you create. Just like go to a football game. How many times are they talking about desire in the Desire, desire. All they talk about, we just want to win. What are they doing? They're creating a vessel to become champions. The same thing you have to do. You have to recognize that every single issue that we have going on today, in our lives, particularly, whether you're married, whether you have a Parnassi issue, whatever issue you have going on, believe me, everybody's got a package. So everybody here has a package of something that's on top of your head right now. Hashem wants you to come to Him and speak about that thing every single day. When you speak to Him, He got your attention, you build the vessel, then He can give you a Yeshua for that thing. That is the formula. That is the formula. Again, speak it. It's very important, not just meditate it, but speak it. Because remember, everything has to be elevated. If I just think about something, I'm not elevating that issue. Okay, my mind is calm. I don't have enough anxiety anymore from that issue. I'm in a relaxed state. But still, you, your job in life is to elevate things back to your Creator. It's not to just think about it and have anxiety-free and take CBD oil and live your life and wonderful. Not what, it's not that easy. If I have a problem, okay, see with the oil. That's it. You wipe it here and the problem's over. Chachma, bina, and dat is what you do. Chachma, bina, and dat. That's what you do. You need chachma, bina, and dat. But it's not, I can't just rub CBD oil like 20 months. Take your anxiety, pain, everything CBD oil. Think it's that easy? Believe me, I tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> Because he gave you this, he's giving you the problem on purpose. Everything is giving you your problem. He's giving you so you, he, you can come and you, and you build your desire and speak through the vessel. So you can, how do you do this? You wake up 20 minutes earlier and you want to talk only about that issue to your creator. When you do that, you're going to get results. Bottom line. Otherwise, you get excuses. And I keep the number one advice I tell people, you have a Shalom Bayad issue, don't even think about your wife, don't even put that person completely out of the picture, you talk to your Creator, and ask your Creator how to fix this relationship. And what do you think is going to happen? He's going to give you the dot, he's going to give you the advice, and that's how you're going to get able to fix it. But if you're just going to her, and without fixing it above, 
That means if something is broken below, it has to be fixed above. The biggest waste of time today is trying to fix something below with not, without fixing the issue on top. The number one issue on how to waste your time. Just talk about the messenger instead of focusing on the message that your Creator wants from you. Can't, can't stress that enough for you. That's why you have to have a game plan. You have to have a game plan, you have to have clarity in everything you do. But, like he said here, you have, you have to speak it out. It's not enough to think. Even though you could say, my Creator knows exactly what I'm thinking about. Not enough. He actually wants the expression from the person. Because when we pray, what happens? Your soul is expressing. Prayer is a form of, you're expressing your soul. You're expressing your inner, your inner essence, etc. So think about this year. This is a year two. If you're not doing his body dude, 10, 15 minutes, talk about that issue, only about that issue. Rabbi Rush, he was at my house a year ago. I don't even know when a year ago was anymore. <laughs> Somehow he was in my house in this, in this decade. <laughs> Everybody came to him. There was literally 40 people in my house. Okay, Rabbi, have a show and buy this shit. Okay, here you go. Do his body dude 20, 30 minutes a day. Rabbi, my business is off. He's supposed to do 30 minutes a day. He gave everybody the same prescription, literally. Everybody got the same prescription. Because he understood the greater concept that God's given you that issue so you can come to Him and build a relationship through that issue. That is the intention. That's how you fixed it. Remember, you fixed it above, it's fixed below. You don't fix it below, you, fix, you, don't, you, you don't deal with it below, you're not going to fix it on top or below. First place you want to go is above. Period. Next issue, 36. Ramnachman talks about in Lesson 36 that your spiritual purity is a big, big, big indication on blessing or the opposite. Very important, this concept of purity. He's saying here that the reason why Bilam, you know, the, the Jews, who were in another part of Balak and Bilam, the Jews were blessed three times. Nothing could happen, even though Abilam tried to curse us. Three times, the curses turned into blessings until the last attempt. What was the last attempt? He sent the, the, the Midianite woman. And what happened? This is why Bilam advised Balak to entice them with morality in order to ruin their vessels. So this is a very, very, very uncomfortable part, as we always talk about. But one of the ways that a person can ruin his vessel is through this issue. So this is why spiritual purity is so important in order to build your vessel. Why specifically is spiritual purity so much? Because if you look at the Kabbalistic chart, the, the, last, the last element before Mahut is Yesod. Yesod represents spiritual purity. So if a person has a blockage in Yesod, he can get a thousand orders from, but they're all stuck in customs. Imagine getting a thousand orders, stuck in customs. Yeah, I'm getting orders, I'm getting this. <laughs> okay, what are you, what's going through? The ultimate job is to get it through from Yisrael to Mahut, and the way you do that is spiritual purity. That is how, why Bilam exactly tried to ruin their vessels, because he knew if you ruin their vessels, he's got them. What happens when you don't get the balance, he goes to the other side. So with, with, specifically with guys, I always speak about Parnassah being related to spiritual purity, getting married, very, all very connected, because that's how you build a vessel, the other way is how you destroy a vessel, unfortunately. 
And this is why that temptation is so difficult, because there's so much blessing in that temptation, but the opposite also, there's so much darkness in that temptation. Anywhere where there's a potential for a lot of light, there has to be equally potential for the other side. So that's one of the ways you want to expand vessels. 40-day challenge is the number one way to expand the vessel. We all spoke about that a thousand times. We don't want to go into it again. Number seven or eight, I believe. Stay in your lane. I can't tell you how important staying in your lane is. I cannot tell you. Why is staying in your lane so important? Very important. Because the more I look at others' success, and I'm not happy with my own success, I'm not only, I'm in two, I have two problems. I'm not in my own lane, and I'm in somebody else's business. And we know working on ourselves is what? 24 hour a day job. Imagine doing the shoe on yourself, working with your Scorpio, 24 hours you have to work on yourself. So imagine the guy says, you know what? I don't want to work on myself. I'm good, but let me judge other people. How, how ridiculous that is. How ridiculous that is. What happens in heaven when, you, when you're not in your lane? What happens? You attract what you don't want. Turns into anger, resentment, anxiety, self-comparison. It's the number one way to get anxiety to ruin your own vessels. Because what happens? You're not attracting your own vessel. And this is why you have to be very careful to start every single day with gratitude. Because if you don't start with gratitude, the mornings, you know what's going to happen? You're going to go to sleep with resentment. That's the formula. You start with gratitude, you're going to end up with gratitude. But if you don't start the morning with gratitude, you know what's going to happen? Gravity is going to pull you down in a minute. You feel bad about yourself, next thing you know, you check out your degree, now you feel terrible, now you're upset about this. It's exactly meant to happen with that. The best way is to stay in your life. Don't think because a person's happy, he has money, he's like, he, everybody has a different tikkun here. One person has plenty of money, but their marriage is in the, in, the, in the garbage. Another person has a sick child, but he's very successful here. This person is, is happily married, but, uh, uh, but their children's off the derrick. Another person, terrible married, but he's successful spiritually. There's always something. There's always a package in heaven that you're going to get, and that everybody gets. Why? Because we're not meant to be whole. You're not here to be whole. You're not here to be complete. You know how many people tell you, I just want somebody to complete me. Damn, it's complete. <laughs> You're always repairing something in here. We're always preparing something. We're always fixing something. When something fixes, when something fixes something, you're happy. So stay in your lane. Don't look at other people's lives. If you don't want other people's lives, take the whole package. Don't just take what you want. It's not just a picture. It's you got to take the whole package. Take the mother-in-law. Take the this, take the that, take the headaches, take the just, just make sure, stay in your lane this year. Stay in your lane also means, stay out of your Creator's lane. By what? Not judging. When you don't judge others, when you judge other people, you're basically doing what Hashem does every Rosh Hashanah. He judges other people. But the worst part about this is the following. The worst part about this is, is Usually the people judging other people are not even working on themselves. Do you understand the problem with that? So not only are you not working on yourself, which is a mess of its own, but now you have time to judge other people? So that just creates a tremendous amount of blockage everywhere across the line. And many people call me, I don't understand why my sister's married with kids and I'm alone. Right away, the right away is the problem. Right away. You gotta make sure this year, stay in your lane.
stay in your lane, and you can attract when you meant what's meant to be. But if you don't stay in your lane, what happens? You start becoming arrogant. It's the form of gaba, because you're saying, God, I don't like the way you're running the world. I don't like how you give this one and that. And, and the job of really is on us to open up our own vessels. Number nine, joy. The importance of having joy. Joy opens up the mind, and joy is rooted out of what perspective? The only way to have joy today is by changing your perspective. A healthy perspective has joy. Lack of perspective has anger. Pretty much. Put on sleep yeah, Joy opens up vessels. What Nachman says that when a person prays with joy, the gates are the gates are open completely. When he cries, the gates are open. When he has joy, the gates are removed. The importance of having joy. Now, it's very difficult to have joy when you're going through a challenge. How do you get? To, how do you shift that consciousness? How do you get to that consciousness where you're able to enhance that moment? First, you have to recognize that the more you know in life, the more you recognize you know nothing. So it's usually what you're stressed about, what's bothering you at that time, you're usually giving it a different meaning that it's meant to happen. So any time that I'm particularly in a stressful situation where I can't get joy, it's because I'm giving the wrong meaning to that situation. You understand? How do you break that? You recognize, you pray to your Creator, and you say, God, what do I know? Am I the intention? Maybe this is a blessing in disguise. You have to first get out of your head. Because when you get out of your head, then you can see the same situation in a different perspective. That is ultimately what you need to do. You need to shift your perspective in that situation. That's by having joy. Joy gives you prophecy. Well, the opposite is the opposite. The other one blocks perspective, the opposite. So you have to think about yourself, ask yourself, what's not bringing me to joy? What could be possibly bringing me not to joy? And it's usually, it's my perspective is off, or the way I'm looking at something is off completely. That is usually what's off in a person's perspective. And a person is so sold on his perspective. I gave one example. I had, a, I had somebody in my facility that unfortunately he started using, and he was, he, that person was 32 years old. So I told him that, you know, he, he broke up with his girlfriend, life is over, my life is over, I have to use, etc. So I said, listen, I'm 42, I got divorced, I got remarried. It's okay, life goes on, you get remarried, it's not the end of the world. Why? Because my perspective is, God forbid if it goes, happens, but you'll get somebody else. It's not the end of the world. He can't see past that, because he's, that's his life at 32 years old. He can't, his perspective is, if this is not fixed, my life is over. My 15-year-old son loses his phone. What does he say? Where am I going to get my apps? Where am I going to get my phones? Where am I going to get my friend's numbers? I can't believe this. It's terrible. What does a 32-year-old tell a 15-year-old? Big deal, you buy another phone. Correct? His perspective at 15 years old is limited to his phone. This guy's perspective is limited to his girlfriend. A two-year-old breaks a toy, what does she do? She cries. Go tell a two-year-old, you know, you have a thousand toys here, you shouldn't cry over that. But a two-year-old is emotional, all they do is cry. What would a 14-year-old tell a two-year-old? The toy do tell him, big deal. There's another toy here, there's another toy here. So bottom line is, our perspective is what's stealing our happiness. Our perspective is what's stealing our happiness. The way we're looking at that issue. The only way to change that is by changing your perspective. And that's the bottom line. When you change your perspective, like Wayne Dyer says a thousand times, 
When you change the way you look at something, the thing that you look at will change. What does it mean? You're going into Mochum Kabnu to Mochum Gadnu. You're looking at it in a different angle. This is the reward that our Creator gives us so much. He gives you such a reward by what? When anytime you see a person that's hurt in life, or anybody you see a person struggle, He wants you to take off your own shoes and go into that person the way He's thinking. This is why Rachel Menu got rewarded. The ability to go into somebody else's point and not say, I'm right, but stop what you're doing, put yourself in their position and view that same angle. That's called humility. Humility means you have a wide perspective. Your perspective is wide. You're not, this is my way or the highway. That's not a wide perspective. That's an arrogant perspective. Wide perspective says, I can see the different angle in this. Maybe I'm not looking at it the right way. That allows you to have joy because you're humble. Humility opens up perspective. Lack of humility is my way or the highway. So you can see there's definitely a connection between perspective and joy. You want joy? You have to go into the perspective. And you have to kill the ego, which blocks perspective. So the importance of Nachman says of constantly having joy in this year. And the way to do that is by seeing what you have, not focusing on what you don't have. Easier said than done. It's not an easy thing. But just like a, your mind is a, it's a you, you train everything. You train your more every day. You train with yourself with gratitude. You focus on positive positivity. You're going to attract it. But the same way, the other way. It's where are you, where are we focusing today? Exactly. The last one is the importance that if you want more out of life, you have to almost be a conduit. That means the more a person focuses on service and giving to other people, what happens is Hashem will expand His vessel and He'll give Him more in order to give. One of the best prayers that you should say every single day is Hashem, please let me receive in order to give. Let me receive money in order to give charity. Let me receive wisdom in order to help others. Let me constantly receive. Because what happens is, when you're in that mode of a co-creator, He uses you to help other people. Let's say an organization needs 10 grand. He'll use you, your business, to give the organization. But if that person is just seeking wisdom for ego, so he can look good, and he's not really producing, giving the wisdom, then what happens? The flow stops. The flow stops because his intention is only for himself. The best way to do that is you have to focus on service. Focus on service. You can start with one person, two persons, or charity or business. If you go into a business, you have to link charity to it. Because if you're just so focused on yourself, what's going to happen? He's going to give you, so what? You're going to want more. But if you have a bigger why, if you have a service, if, you have, if you're asking for wisdom in order to give it, he, he'll always keep the merchandise fresh. Always new classes, always new wisdom, always new opportunities, financial, because you're just, you're just a pipe. You're just a pipeline. Make yourself a pipeline. Instead of saying, I need this, I'm not happy. Okay, well, who cares if you get that? So you get a nice, what does that do in heaven? But heaven likes a person who's able to become a giver. Just like a, a creator is a giver. So the more you align yourself to be a giver, the more he uses you in order to distribute shefa of knowledge, shefa of blessing. But if you, you think only about ourselves, that shefa stops. So the intention this year is you have to focus on, I want to receive, but I want to receive to give. There's nothing wrong with thinking big, 
There's nothing wrong with being successful. But where is your intention after that? Are you being successful to help yourself feel good about yourself? Or are you doing it out of the greater good? When you do it out of the greater good, the Nathan says, that same option, now you become, everything becomes not a spirituality. So you go to work in order to get charity. Inside already, you're thinking about what charity you're going to get. You learn something, who can I get, who can I help with this? That is ultimately the best way to get serotonin, by giving, and it's the best way to avoid thinking about yourself all the time. Always putting yourself in position to give to others. No matter where you start, what talent you have, that is why you're here. To give. To take the knowledge and give it, not to take the knowledge and just use it for use it to be smart or to be you think people are smarter. It's, the intention has to be to receive it. This is why public speaking is such a fear today, because too many people are thinking about what are they gonna say about me? What are they gonna think about me? They're gonna think it's stupid. You're thinking about yourself, you're not thinking about giving. If you thought about giving, you wouldn't care, you would say anything. Because you just become your your, your creator's mouthpiece. So this is why there's so many fears between public speaking, because the person's too much, he's too focused on what are people gonna say. What are people saying? Really public speaking is really a conversation between you and God, and the people are just in the room. That is really the best form of public speaking. It's a form of Ruach HaKodesh, where you don't even, you're just talking, your creator's putting you the words, but the minute I start saying, oh my God, what is he saying? He's not smiling, he's not approving me. I lose the connection right away. I lose the connection. So you always have to receive in order to get. Very, very important. Don't receive, don't just for your own self. That's another way to explain it. Alright guys, have a good day.